Hello everybody, we'd like to thank you all for the brilliant feedback from the Tony Cleanthus interview. Today we have another special Beastpod episode with Trevor Nell interviewing ex-Barnet head coach Rossi Eames. If you like what you hear, please like and subscribe to Beastpod and leave a review. Enjoy! Right, okay, so you started at Barnet in 2009 as a video analyst. Yeah. But before that, I've got you at Chesham and Amersham Town and then Leeds United as an academy coach. Yeah, so Leeds United was 2006 to, to 2009. Yeah. Um, coming up, it was it was in between like 2009, 2010. So I, I properly started at Barnet at two, in 2010, I'd say. Yeah. I'd done a couple of video sessions with with Barnet in 2009 while I'd come back from Leeds. But then actually, funny enough, I went repping in, in Malia for the whole season in the yeah. summer. Um, and then during my time at Barnet, I also did the Cheshire United Reserves as well. Okay. Hometown club, played for them. Um, Amsham, was, I played there as well. Yeah. I, I helped that club out for a little bit as well, just while I was still working at Barnet as well in that first I can't probably first season when I was there. Was it if I read right, did you were you at uni up at Leeds doing a degree, which is why you were involved there, and then obviously that finished and that's what brought you back down south? Yeah, so I mean originally I went to Leeds to to, to study sports coaching science. Yeah. Which then you could pick any number of sports you wanted to do there. I mean, I've been heavily involved in football as a fan, I say. Also, you know, a youngster as a kid. Before, before my gymnastics career and um, you know it, it kind of went from one month work placement leads to being employed within a space of three months and it kind of just I don't know it's always just stumbled on onto, onto jobs and to yeah. bigger things really and then ended up being like full time but sessional full time and where the club was going in a bit of uh, had, had quite a few problems back then in, in the early in the early uh, noughties Um it, they couldn't really keep me on if they, were, they couldn't offer me that full time yeah. security that I wanted. Yeah. So I think I left. I left Leeds properly in March of two thousand. Is either two thousand nine or two thousand ten, and I and I went well. You know, I got my degree. I worked really hard through my degree as well, working for the club, and um, I ended up going to Malia to to work behind a bar and DJ. So <laughs> that's something different, yeah. Yeah, um, my mates were the 1830s reps out there at the time as well. So it was kind of just a summer of, of, of just laughing, really, just yeah. and, uh, being a bit of a boy. But um, that was good. And I came back and um, it was Aaron Chester who got in contact with me. He was Paul Faircroft's, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And he said, listen, the hive's just been built. We're looking to, to I don't know, become a proper academy and bring in new roles. He said, would you mind coming and helping out? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. Listen, I want to get back in the game. You know, been there, been in it for years and I've really enjoyed my time, you know, at Leeds and that. But I went to Hive and I was blown away when I when I first entered the Hive. Yeah. You know, everything was brand new. I mean, okay, the stadium wasn't built then, but you saw the training pitches, the AstroTurfs, the, the kind of vision that the club wanted to go in. And um I think I was working for about thirty pound a week at the time when I first started at Barnet, um, and it was uh, coding like first in games for, for Aaron and helping out there, and then also filming and and, and then putting together analysis stuff for the, 
for the 18s with, with Jeremy Steele, yeah. who kind of headed it all up then, and uh, and the other members of staff. And then I think it was a month into it, uh, James, who was the Centre of Excellence Manager, he said, do you want to do some coaching? So I said, yeah, okay, you know, I'll jump on that. You know, I, I am a coach anyway, but let's, let's do that. And it kind of just evolved into that within three months I was I ran the college program, which is where we got Jamal Blow out. So okay, Jamal, yeah. Jamal first joined the club as a uh, as a college program player, being released from QPR, came into the program, and um, he was just head and above the shoulders, better than anyone in it. And you know, Jeremy picked him out in games and said, like, he needs to come train with the youth team now. Then we had Ify, Ify Allen as well. Yeah. Another one of them. Uh there was another lad called Andrew Manitou who might have done the rounds kind of bit in the non-league circuit now. And um, it was a really good group. And then Jamal kind of is, is made his own own story. Yeah, 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 made a very good pathway for himself. So within that college programme, would they then uh, spend a like, majority of time learning, uh, you know, a trade or whatever through college and then they'd come and sort of play for Barnet? Was that how it worked? Yeah, so what what they all did, they uh, they all studied sports BTEC on, on on the college program. Yeah. So that was taught at Stanmore College. And I was going to say, was it Stanmore College? Yeah. Yeah. So they'd they'd they study in the the day, come to the training ground. I think it was around two o'clock. But they'd also train at the same time as the youth team or sort of scholars. Right. But we could we could pull players. Yeah. Sessions and that, and that, it worked so well. Um, another lad, Ryan Sellers, came out of it. Yeah. You know, Great for Elliot to, to be pushed as well because Elliot was flying at the time as well. So it was it was a really good, a kind of a good setup, um, and and it and it had produced results. You know, it produced players. It was kind of a convey battle players, but maybe weren't ready to be a scholar at that time. But given a bit of time, given the right coaching program that we we, we produced, and um, you know, it, it had results. And you know, Jamal was the success story out of it, really. When you, when you look at it, yeah. Um, and then from there, is that what took you into running the under 16s and the under 18s from originally doing that college program? Yeah. So after I think it was when Mark Robson first started, yeah, went category two as an academy. Yeah. So our games program was, you know, playing the likes of Arsenal, people like that at the time. Um, and I was given the job of 12 to 16s. So mm-hmm. I oversaw all, all, all the age groups of 12, 13s, 14s, 15, 16s, but I coached the 16s. And um, that allowed me to to kind of progress there through the club. And, you know, looking at some of the players in that 16s group who went on to be scholars for us, you know, Keir Dixon yeah. um, was was an excellent talent. Um, who else do we have in that group? Uh, Brendan Ockran was another one who's now non-league. Um, I'm trying to think. It's been a while now. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, really good players. Alfie Kane. Yeah. Who, who played in pre-season for Edgar. I think it was Edgar he played in there. Um, and Martin really liked as well. Harry and Jack Taylor. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jack, well, Jack, can't forget those two. Yeah, Jack was a 13-year-old playing for under 16s at the time. He was that good? Yeah, we fast-tracked him. Harry Harry was excellent. And Harry was in the... He, he was my captain in under 15s, 16s and under 18s. Yeah. Um, and probably, probably the most brightest player I've ever coached in my life. And... I'm sure people have said that to you as well. Like he's so uh, football intelligent, Harry's. Um, and then you had Jack, who was 
the best way I can say his play is he showed class on the ball. Yeah. So the th- that's the thing with Jack Taylor. He, he shows class on the ball. He's, he sees pitches that other players won't see and players at his age won't. So he was playing passes as a 13-year-old in 16 games that sometimes wouldn't find the forward. But, you know, the pass is right, but the movement yeah. right. Yeah. And, um, he just kicked on from there. You know, he was... They've left Chelsea. They came to us, and um, at the time, it was the right environment for him. And, and and you know, as I always say, it was it was always down to the players. We put the program in place for him, but if they wanted to work hard, which they did, then they they reaped the rewards really. And um, that sixteen years is is, is funny actually because the sixteen were a talented group as individuals. Yeah. Out of forty six games we played that year as a, as a as a age group, we won one. Really, we won one away to Brighton, which I think the coach broke down the way, so we were four hours late. Yeah, um, and they celebrated the game like it was the World Cup final. <laughs> but the group was so good in terms of individuals, it was getting to play together. That was a thing, and they had to mature quite a lot. That group, yeah, as, as players, but also as people. But it's one of them ages where they're doing their GCSEs. Their understanding, kind of young adult life, yeah, and um, getting on with each other is foot football is is human science and it involves a lot of egos in the day. Mm. So um, it was really good, and you know, if I fast forward on maybe a year or two later when I took the under 18s that was that group maturing, and you know, we did add to that group, of course. Um, but yeah, that, that that 16 years a fascinating year. It was uh I don't know, it was just it was it was great development for me as well as a young coach. Yeah. Because you had to kind of harness a lot of their a lot of their egos, a lot of their what they wanted, what they see in the game. So you know, every young footballer has mates at other clubs. And where clubs if you're Arsenal, Brighton, um, Chelsea, Barnet, Colchester, Brentford at the time were strong. They all did the things differently, and players. Well, why aren't we doing that? Why, why can't we get that? Because they get it. So it's you kind of try and you're trying to help them through life a little bit as well as a young footballer. Because sometimes you, they just see what's on TV or yeah. social media. It wasn't social media wasn't massive back then, but it was starting to take off a bit. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the, the 16th year really. But uh, sorry, I'm going to choke my laptop in. Um, but it was uh, it was it was really good because they saw first team players there, you know, training at high. You saw them training, so it was always an incentive for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd see the managers around. You know, you want to catch their eyes, and for the, for the players, you know, going forward. You know, for example, Luke Gambin. Mm. What yeah. an unbelievable talent he was at under 17, 18. and what what a joy to coach. Like. If there's anyone that you want to pick up your day, if you've had a bad morning, yeah, Luke is the man. Uh, smiling, joking, and he he's exactly the same person as a 16 year old that he probably is now. You know, he he was life and soul of that youth team change room, for example. Yeah, he was excellent. And then you know, Jamal was a massive personality. Um, you know, always having having the jokes and stuff, but then they worked hard. They worked so hard. They wanted to improve every day. 
You know, I, I even, you know, you look back in Luke's, that, that the week before Luke got his debut, mm. under Martin, he's like, you know, he, he spoke to Jeremy. You know, Am I good enough to be a pro? And, you know, Jeremy was, you just got to be patient. And we all know the story. Martin comes in, does a reserve game. Luke scores two and is the best player. <laughs> it's just, you know, and it's great because he also had Gratz fighting his corner as well. Yeah. Gratz loved him. So, you know, it's kind of that, you get the romantic stories in football where sometimes, you know, Luke, Luke probably didn't see any of this coming because at the, at the time he felt, I'm not fancied by the manager, so I might not get a pro. But then fate happens and Martin walks through the door. And uh, it's always great when Martin walks first, first uh, through the door. <laughs> Isn't it just? Yeah. Is there any player from sort of that period that you thought, you know, they're going to work their way through Barnet, they're going to go through the levels and hit the top? I mean, obviously Jamal's done it by, by leaving Barnet, but going down to go up. Was there one there that you thought should have done and, and, and just hasn't? Um. It's, it's always one of the ones where you go, you, you look at a makeup of a player and you mm. try and see what, what's their quality or what X factor they got. Yeah. You know, if, if you look at Jamal, Jamal was athletically very good. Yeah. Um, understood the game as a centre forward, but could do more at times. But at times could be a little bit erratic in front of goal. Yeah. So Jeremy used to tell him, Jamal would just be boring in front of goal. And because um, he used to try and hammer the lever off the football when he got in front of goal. Um, and then he started to think a bit more about his game and he was he just passed the ball in it half the time for his goals at the youth team. I think it, I think it was him and George Sykes at the time were going, they were playing up front together, but yeah. they were both going for that, the golden boot of, of the youth team. League. George got it, didn't he? George got it by yeah. one or two, I think. Yeah. Uh, because they played, they were never selfish though, as playing as a pair. They'd always play and whoever yeah. scored, whoever scored, but it was always a great competition for him. We played we played a four four two in that in that in that um, youth team and um, it, it was it was quite funny because the youth team at that time did okay the the first part of the season but wasn't strong. Me, me and Jeremy said we, we probably need to go and find a few new players actually. You know, ones we won't offer scholar but they could be non contract players for the youth team. Yeah. So that time you could still kind of keep your keep your rights that player if you sign him on non contract. So it'd be. It, Say if he went to another club, it'd be training compensation you'd probably get. Right. Um, and I was working at Cheshire United at the time, doing the reserves, but we had three young lads in there. One was called Ben Mooney. Um, the other lad was called Kurt Dizon, who'd been released from Palace as a 16 and kind of just gone into like a, another college programme in, in Watford, I think it was. Yeah. And there's another lad called Tom Fooey, who was Cheshire, he was a Cheshire lad but went to Dr. Chandler's, which is where John Messino played. Uh, okay. was a kid who yeah. was a Brentford in Preston. Yeah. Um, and I said, Jez, I think you need to come down just for one afternoon, watch these lads, because they're playing reserve team football as well against adults. I said, I think they're all right, but you might want to get an arm. And he came down and went, right, they're going to come straight into to the youth team training. We'll get them out of school. We'll ask the call if we can have them two days a week. Yeah. And... Um, and so they just lit up the uh, the youth team. You know, Ben Ben was a was a midfielder, but more of a ten. So he could come in as a uh, a midfield three. So we change the shape sometimes. All players are two. Tom Fury was sorry. I go. Kirk Deason was a winger and was very very good one v one attacking wise. 
Um, he could go up and down, lovely move of the football, um, and could could play either right or left. Tom Tom Fu was the, the find of the year for us, really. I don't know how to describe his midfielder. He was he was so box to box. He could bluff both feet. He could travel the ball well, but also score. Yeah. And he actually got offered a pro at the end of that year, but turned it down because he got offered a scholarship in America to go and study medical science. Okay. And you can either go on a pro buy it or go earn thousands yeah. in America, which he probably still is there. Um, but he was a hell of a player. Like, he's probably the one going, do you know what? I don't see Premier League, but I could see maybe a good career in league football, yeah. possibly championship. Jamal had qualities and you go, do you know what? He'll go, he'll definitely go up for the leagues. It took a bit of time for him, a different kind of journey for him. Yeah. But you could see the quality he had. If he, if he was a player, if Ianni was, you know, he had Premier League pace, we should say. He, he had good agility. He, I mean, I remember us playing Portsmouth one game and that was when Portsmouth were a Premier League academy. And he, uh, he, we played there under 19, I think it was, and he absolutely tore their first year pro apart on, on, as a left back. And you go, and do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. And it hasn't really worked out for Ify because you know, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so out of that, that kind of group there, and you go and Luke, Luke will be good. Luke will, Luke will play league football. He'll have yeah. a really good career in the game. I'm just trying to think of the others in that group. Um, have I missed anyone? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, players, were the Mackenzie really. Lyles with you? Yes. Uh, so, so, yeah, so Kai was part of the youth team two, two three years down, down later. And uh, Kai came in from Spurs as a, I think he was a 13-year-old at the time, or under 12. And he was as big as then he is, as he is now. But, you know, he'd walk in the training and he was so gangly. And yeah. Sometimes you, you never know what you're going to get with Kai. On some days, and he won't mind me saying he's 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 developed into you know bought by Liverpool, and now he's with the the Cambridge United winning side in League Two this year. So, you know he he's got so much time as a young goalie still. I think he's only twenty one now. I think. Yeah, he's not that old. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got loads of time. If he carries carries on developing, um, you know he, he should come onto the scene at some point. Um, another goalie you got Dylan Barnes, who we had. Yeah. In, yeah. In Luke's in as Luke Gambin's year as a youth team, um, and there's another lad called Jack Stevens who we didn't take on at under 16, but now is at Oxford. Okay, I think he's got a young player of the year at Oxford United. So, um, and there are a couple of couple of players that have come through the system, and you go in. We've always kind of churned out players in, in either some way or, or 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 some avenue or some journeys happened there. And, uh, you know, there's more. Ruel, who plays late in Orient, he's one that come for our system, but we released him at, uh, I think it was under 13 or under 12. So there's another one, you know. The, the great thing about Barnett was always that it, it's a great catchment area for, for recruitment of players. Yeah. That's the thing. The, the coaching program was excellent that we had in, in place at the academy. You know, it's Jeremy and James who, who headed it all up with Paul. You know, they brought their ideas. They were at Chelsea before before Barnet. So, you know, they brought a lot of their ideas and kind of pro, uh, coaching culture or whatever philosophy, whatever you want to yeah, yeah. over over to the club. And um, I think I think it, it really benefited us. And I think when, when you have a, such a strong catchment area in London, where it is, you get so many different 
types of players and people from different cultures and diversities. And it's a great, it's a great mix. It's a really great mix. And, um, you know, it's, it's a shame it's closed now at the moment. Yeah. But, I, you know, if the club gets back into the, the football league, I can see them starting up again and then they'd be silly not to. But it depends what kind of academy they want to they want to run, you know, because there's different types. You can go Cat 3, which is uh, under 9s to under 18s, or a Cat 4 is just, let's say, an under 16s to, to 18s programme as well. So it'll, it'll be interesting what the chairman wants to do there, really. Well, yeah. Just depends what money he wants to spend, doesn't it, more than anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd, going into, I'd say... The 16s to the 18s um, job, that was that, that was that that was and still is now my most favourite year ever in football. Um, you know, myself and Henry worked together. Henry was an excellent, excellent coach and academy manager. Um, we had some great staff, and the you know we had Dean Dean Selby, you, you know, yeah, know, yeah, no, Dean, yeah, he he, he was fantastic. Uh, Ian Lowe was like kind of our performance psychologist with the boys um brilliant brilliant with the players brilliant with the staff um because you know no matter it's, it's documented now in terms of of what players go through at that age if they're going to give them a yes at the end of their scholar or no and you know you do need you do need people to lean on because you know boys go through a tough stage mentally mm. everyone wants to be a professional footballer everyone yeah, of course yeah and um when you're told no, some people, you know, it hits people hard. It does. So um, Ian was great, you know, during their journey throughout the two years or the or the year. Um, I, I loved coaching with Henry in that 18s year. That was we had we had such a good chemistry. We we uh, we put together a really good kind of squad of players in that in that age group. You know, you know, if I if I go through the team, I mean, Kai in goal. Fantastic. And he was a first year as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Harry Taylor played right back. Yeah. Also played centre half as well. Yeah. Hakeem Adolphin. I think you remember him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Hakeem was a funny one. He came in, he came in pre-season that year. He'd been released from Reading. He'd been released yeah. centre forward. And he played a trial game for us. And he must have lasted 30 minutes and he was blown out of his arse. <laughs> and... <laughs> And he couldn't score. He, he was never going to be a goal scorer. But we we you know, we moved him out to the wide area. And one thing on the key, he just up and down. He went back on the pitch after having a break. He went up on the pitch and he got up and down and he never got beat 1v1. Yeah. Like you couldn't get past him. The kid was physically out of this world. And in, in the end, we um, we said, well, he's not a right wing because his end product's not, not good enough. Yeah. But let's look at him as a right back. So um, we're playing a game, and he and he's gone up. And Martin's walked out. He's got oh, you play. We're playing a preseason game. Martin's walked out, and he's uh, he's come to to me. And Henry goes, "Who's that lad?" Oh, and it's Hakeem Adolphin Gaffer. He went, hmm. and then he went up for a header. Like Hakeem had one of them necks that just elong, elongated. Is that a word? Yeah, 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 yeah. Elongated. Yeah. And he just headed the ball right down the pitch, and the Gaffer went, "Fucking hell." <laughs> I said, he's all right. I said, I oh, know, we haven't made a decision on him, Gaffy. He goes, get him done. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then that's when Martin kept a massive interest in the youth team. And um, those centre-backs, we went and got Joe Gator from Aldershot. Yep. Their, their academy had closed. 
Um, and Joe was a proper defender, proper defender. He'd head it, tackle. Um, we worked on his, 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 his ball handling, but was an absolute voice in the change room in the team that year. It was brilliant. Um, Charlie Kennedy came in. Yeah. He was the oldest shot with Joe, so we brought yeah. him in. And Charlie could play either midfield or or centre back. And again, another another one like Joe, put a proper proper characters you need to, to 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 get the best out of each other in training. I mean, you know, you can have the best coach in the world, but try, good players drive good sessions and and, and good squads. It's, you know, that was that was a big thing for us. And um, left back was Keir Dixon, who had been at the academy for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff he did with the ball. Wow, like he could put a step over, rainbow flick over someone's head, anything. Um, and I know his goal went on against Swindon, the U-team goal went on viral on YouTube years back. And, you know, he'd do that a lot anyway. <laughs> the thing with Keir, he wanted, always wanted to go forward and didn't want to defend so much. But yeah. As a left back, he had to be a left back. Um, but we played a diamond that year, a 4 4 diamond, and it was it just suited him. It suited Harry. Harry would go up and down, or a king feet. A king played right back, and Harry played uh, centre back. Uh, Tamil Roach we had in, as a well left back. Yeah. Um, very athletic. Get get forward. Good deliveries on the ball, um, and that was really interesting. It was really good competition with him and Kia, and uh, it pushed each other. And you know, looking now, they both deserve a pro. Uh, Keir unfortunately missed out but went on to Fleetwood at the time yeah uh, and now Keir is a I don't know what f- music it is but he's, he's like a rap artist oh is he alright okay. well, again that's a different different if, if career path on, isn't it you look on uh, Twitter or Insta he's called Keir yeah. Keys okay so he's just signed a record deal he's flying at the moment brilliant um, but he's always, always had that creative side about him so I'm not I'm not surprised he went into yeah. music um Wesley Funguk played the bottom of the diamond for us. Yeah. Uh, Wesley came in from Kinetic Academy and we had a friendly. And I knew Harry Hudson, who runs Kinetic Academy, he's always got players in into clubs and kind of he brings in players that have been released from clubs and then kind of nurture them again to, to hopefully get the next step. And Wesley came in from there. Um, great, great kid. Still speak to him now. Mm. Um, probably my nemesis in coaching. Because I say he hated my guts at times. <laughs> he was always on it um, to, to, to do more, to work harder, to, to improve. And he wants to venture. He, he thinks he's a 10 sometimes. He probably isn't actually. He's actually scored quite a few goals. Mm. But um, he could get the ball off the back of the back four, you know, whether it was if he was being um, pressed from, from the back or side on, he'd get the ball and it. it he was like the glue of that team a little bit. Like, you know, if, if Wesley's having a good game, you know the team's going to pass. We're going to pass our way out. And um, he was really good. So he came in as a 17-year-old to the team that year. Um, and and he's, we know his journey since then. Um, kind of the right, right side and left side of the diamond. The, the left side was Nana Kai. Yeah. So Nana was, was a talent. You know, again, skill with the ball. He scored, I think it was 30 goals from midfield that year. Um, it was, and some of the goals he scored were unbelievable. But he had a trademark. He, he could receive it back foot and spend it in top corner. It's, and, I, and I'm gutted because he never showed it for the first team. Yeah, yeah, you're but, right. Um, yeah. 
he, he, he was a tremendous talent. Right side, we had Alfie Kane. Yeah. He'd play there. Um, again, brilliant with the ball. Could do could reverse passes. He was a left footer as well. But his balance and poise on the ball was was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, it's a shame Alfie never kicked on as well. But I think he's an actor now as well. So I think Alfie's... Really? Yeah. Um, and then we had a lad called Elliot Harris, who was... Uh, who, who was, a, who was a academy player from 12s to 16s, went away for a little bit in, in, in his 17th year, but came back as a 17-year-old for that second year. And he could go up and down. He could be direct. You know, he'd just be direct with his play where he beat a man and cross it in or, or shoot and that. And, and then we had Fumi, Fumi Shumatun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then, um, what a player again for that U team. Yeah, the balance he had, what he could do with the ball. Fum just had to work harder at possession, you know. He, he was one of the ones where, you know, I want you, I want you to have the ball as much as possible, but, you, you know, at times you're going to have to help the team. Um, but again, brilliant talent, good football there. Um, and up front we had Shane, Kojo Carell. Yeah. And Matty Stevens. Yeah, Matt, yeah. And <laughs> it was funny when I met because... I got an email from his dad, I think it was, the, the summer he got released as under 16. But we'd, we'd seen him for Reading and he was playing centre midfield at the time. Yeah. But his dad wrote him, listen, he still, still got 30 goals for the youth team at Reading as a centre midfielder. So, well, listen, these are the dates we're starting pre-season. Get yourself in. And he's come in, he's banged a few goals in training. I'm going, yeah, I like that. But then the first three youth team games, he didn't score. Yeah. He was missing so many chances, and we're going. I don't know. Is he is he good enough? Has he got enough composure in front of the goal? And I think we took a gamble in the end. Said, listen, I, I, I we both said that we've seen him score for Reading 16s in midfield. Surely he's, he's probably trying to. He wants to gain the scholarship. He wants to get that that two year contract. And um, then I think it was the the morning we offered him. Ian banged a handshake in in the afternoon for the U team. <laughs> So it was like, thank fuck for that. <laughs> um, but what a finisher. What a finish. I mean, some of the goals he scored. Uh, we played, we played, uh, we played MK Dons. I think it was at home. It was a really wet day. We were 3-1, no, sorry, 4-2 four, four down until the last five minutes. Yeah. And uh, he scored the winner to make it 5-4 in the last minute. And um, Hakeem had a really bad incident uh, two weeks before. So the boys all made shirts for him under their own shirt. Yeah. And um, we scored in the last minute and Matty's took his shirt off and he's thrown it around there and he's thrown it in in the air but it's gone into the, you know, the hedge where you walk up the bottom gate and you've got the huts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's thrown his shirt into there. <laughs> and... Um, you know, NK Dons went want to get a goal back because it's, it's, I think it was between us and them in the league as well. Yeah. So he's thrown his shirt out and pulled his other one down for a king. And uh, Ref wants to start the game and he can't find his shirt because he's in the bush. <laughs> NK Dons are going mental, like really having a pop. You're fucking disrespecting the game. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is, you know, situation with one of our lads. He's wanting to say, he hasn't, he hasn't meant to throw his shirt in there. Yeah. I think where his shirt was so wet, it just, as he was flinging it, it just went, it went, and so we had to find a shirt for that minute. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But I remember walking in the change room just laughing because it was probably the, the, the decider for us to, to win, after the turning point, to win the league that year. Yeah. Um, but again, it was the, the strength for the boys. You just, they always wanted to win the game. You could just feel it. I mean, the great thing about that season is it coincided with the first team doing so well in the National League that year. And, you know, and a lot of credit's got to be, go to Martin because Martin wanted us to work closely with him that year. Because there'd be certain times where I'll need a couple of players, mm. and you know, there's some, uh, quite often there, you know, one or two U team players stepped up and trained yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we do set plays on the Sunday, uh, on the Friday for, for the gaffer. You know, the U team will go down and they defend the first team, or we'd attack them. And um, it was brilliant. I think we it was the second, the third game away to Ginlam. It was, and we would we we were they were leaving in the morning, so were we. And the gaffer was there and he goes, Who are you playing? I went, Jill, he went, Fucking beat him, will you? <laughs> and I just remember him, him, him like waving, smiling, <laughs> off on, on the bus. <laughs> and um, another game we came from behind where we were we were 3 2 down with five minutes to go and we won 4 3. And, and Fumi scored the winner. It was an unbelievable game again. <laughs> but um, he, go, he, uh, he texts us on the, on the way up. To, I, I don't know what. Game there, actually, it was away. What's the score? One, one, four, three, gaffer. He's like, fucking lovely. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, working with him was fantastic. You know, especially that 18th year where, you know, I I got on really well and I still get, I still speak to Nurse all the time. We had a really good relationship. So anything the gaffer needed at times, always send Nurse to come and see me. And it was great. And, you know, John's a really good friend of mine now, but it was such an enjoyable year to be at that football club because both teams were doing well. You know, both teams were, were, were winning. Both teams were playing great football. We had a really good crop of youngsters coming through, which you could say is, was a good six or seven years hard work from every single member of staff at that football club. Mm. But it's starting to show its, its worth. Because when, when they moved to the Hive, it's when Paul started the academy up again. And you don't get success straight away. It takes yeah. a number of years. Yeah. And um, that, that was at the time when you're going, do you know what, we, 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 we're getting this right now. We are getting there. And it was important for it to keep coming. You know, Efron was playing for the U team at 15 years old. Darnell Smith was. We sold Malachi for unbelievable money to Chelsea. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, very good money. <laughs> um, who else was there? Ru- a lad called Rui, Rui Costa. Right. Uh, he went to Norwich. Yeah. Uh, Anton Hooper went to Villa. It was, we was always selling one or two every year, which no one, re- fans won't really see that because it's no. the young age groups. So, yeah, yeah. You know, we're picking up players, uh, you know, for a Hakeem example, was in our building for eight months and he went to Wolves. Yeah. And, and for a good, a good amount of money, he was... The great thing what we did as staff is, and it was, it was led by James, is that any weekend we didn't have a game, we would go out and scout our age groups. Yeah. So we'd go to, to Whetstone, we'd go to places, um, Uxbridge. We'll, if anyone knows what's better in our age group, the coach. Because sometimes, you know, we, there was no scouting network at the club. There's, no. still really isn't. No, I no, yeah. You know, I, I didn't have one at, at first in level. Um Neither did Darren, neither did Martin. 
No, no. no. So you, you, you lean on your knowledge and, you know, the, the, the areas we'd say, what clubs are hotspots? You know, Whetstone Wonders, what's a club that is for players coming out there? Mm. You know, there's there's a club in Uxbridge, the same. And, you know, we'd bring in players and, and suddenly, you know, they gone within a year. Daniel Gokke plays for Arsenal now. He trains with the first team. He, he comes under 12 to us and he went to Arsenal under 14. And he's England under 17 now, under 18 possibly. Um, you know, there was loads and you just, I don't know, you, you, the, the the camaraderie with the staff in the academy because everyone worked hard for one goal and you know you look at this you look at the journey of staff people have gone in now mm. you've got the likes of um, I start with Jeremy Jeremy went on to work for the Premier League and now technical director at, uh, at the Greek club but also got the analytics FC business which sorted out De Bruyne's contract for him this year okay so, you know, and he's a he's bright as a button. Jeremy is probably one of the most brightest people in football. You know, James James went on to Arsenal before he came back to us. Yeah. Um, Henry, I think he's now well, he's got his business that he does as well, but he's at West Ham as well. Okay. Uh, Joe Anelli, uh went to Fulham now at Palace. Yeah. Joe, Joe's an unbelievable coach, like one of the best I've ever known. Um, Adam Lewis at Colchester, the same same bracket as Joe, in my opinion. Brilliant. And it was so good to have staff that one day you're friends, and, but you all work the same way. Yeah. And listen, there's different personalities in that and with loads of banter. Like, and, you know, the, 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 the one I always laughed at was the pounds get out of the car park. The whole ride, yeah. So, you know, we always say, oh, but pay a pound to go to work and, and leave work because <laughs> uh, you know the barrier is always up in it. And so it was, it was one of the ones where that was always joking, and we weren't always given everything. You know, you had to you had to find ways of sourcing stuff, which I know I, I, you've probably been told by other people. Um, yep, <laughs> I call it now an apprenticeship. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, in a way, I suppose you can see it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, Ryan Gondard, he's uh, now at uh, Wilson. He's at Wilson, yeah. I saw him at Whiteleaf earlier last season as well. Absolutely. Who did play? Um, Burgess Hill. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely tore, tore them apart wherever he was on the pitch, the middle, the left, the right. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's been my hardest ever release. One, because he's such a good kid. Yeah. He's, he's full of energy. He's a little bit mis- misunderstood, but he's a player. He's a, he's, he's a good person. He's a good player. And uh, there's, there's some stories of him, right? Um, it was the day we got given the trophy uh, half-time in the first team game. Yeah. And we'd finished the Uton game. Said, right, boys, we've got to be back here. It's time. Go down to Tesco's, get some food, whatever you want. And... Um, they go out and they come back and uh, Gondo's not there. Where's Gondo? Uh, it's been a, it's been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean problem? Well, he walked into Tesco's and and shouted, "Stop! Everyone stand still!" <laughs> they think basically a hold up. <laughs> he pretends to do a hold up. Oh, and I think, well, no, but this is this is Ryan's best. He just wants to have a joke, you know. Yeah. And. Uh, 
he's been escorted back up to the club. I'm thinking, oh no, <laughs> I've been a pitch in two minutes. <laughs> um, so that was that one. Another one was in his first year pro year, and um, the, the, the young pros had to be in sometimes a little bit after senior pros on a Friday. Yeah. So I'd work with the gaffer on the, on the Friday morning, but they tend the senior pros in the afternoon. And um, I'm doing set plays with the gaffer. He's talking through it. And you just see this lad on a sedgeway, you know, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> coming down the bottom gate, like speeding. And the gaffers turn around, you know, the eyes that the gaffer gives you. And he's like that deep breath. And then I can see Michael Nelson like laughing in the corner, like his shoulders going and Curtis Weston start to go. And the gaffer's gone. I went, don't worry, gaffer, I saw it. <laughs> he's just gone. I walked inside and gone, has gone. All right, Rossi? I went, yeah, yeah. Why are you on that? He goes, well, you know, I'm not going to be late, am I? I'm not going to be late when I'm on that. I can get out, right? Don't, don't go on it in front of the gaffer. Do it, go on it after you get out of the training ground, but not in front of the gaffer. And um, it was just full of life. And I remember uh, there was another one when the 18s physio said you can't train. And um, he's ran out. I ain't seen her again. No chance. I'm playing. I'm fit. I'm fit. And uh, at the age physical, he's, 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 he's pulled his car off. Like, but Ryan desperately wanted to be a footballer. Yeah. And 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 he played the whole game. He was fine. Really? He, did, he, defi- he defined sports science that day. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think. We had, we had a lad called Mohamed Diaby in our team as well, who came in quite late, but he was Abu Diaby's brother. Right, yeah, he played for Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, um, he he was a talent, but never really kicked on as much. And he was six foot five, I think it was at the time. Um, nice and silky in the ball, but never really did anything with it. Mm. Um, he just uh, he kind of just shore up games and stuff like that. You bring him on and he keep the ball ticking over. I'm just trying to think of a missing one out in that age group, really. Um, Brennan Ockram, fantastic. Um, character in, in, in the group good right back George Booker centre forward scored some good goals kind of a bit of a George Sykes type centre forward yeah um, but could finish um, and then Jack Taylor <laughs> Jack Taylor who just played like with, Jack Taylor <laughs> yeah he played right side of the diamond he played bottom of the diamond he played the 10 um just, I mean, he played nearly every. He played every game. I think that year, him and his brother played every game. And uh, you know, it was like I said, it was such a good feeling to to win that league. Mm. And um, the only regret what I feel with that group is we didn't do better in the FA Youth Cup than we should have done. We kind of we kind of froze against Southend at Roots Hall that night. We lost one nil, and they went on to play Barrow, and, and I think they then played. One big team, the, the round after, and um, I think that could have been us. That mm. could have been us. Yeah. Um, but a, a great, a great, uh, a great year of coaching. That was brilliant. It was. Um, we played. Um, we played San Midori that year. They came over on tour. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, Enrique Chiesa was the 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 18s yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant striker he was for for San, for Palma for well, about half the Italian clubs. Yeah, I was born up in Italian football, so he was like a yeah, same here. Yeah, well, Sam Sam Dora was my team actually. So oh, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
around the time Mancini, uh, when Vi- uh, Hullet came from Milan to, to Samp and yeah. Lombardo, Pagliuca, you know, well, well, after, like, no, like, no hundreds. Beppe Signori. Yeah. What a like, penalty taker. A bit like John Akinde. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so he came over. He didn't speak a word of English, by the way. But we, we yeah. went out to dinner. We had, yeah. um, we had a kind of a, a performance coach called Dan Manzi, who was Italian. So we went out for dinner that night and we um, he kind of translated for us that yeah. night. But unbelievable. We played Santa Dora that morning, went out for dinner, trained Friday, Friday morning, then did an overnight to Exeter, actually. And uh, that's when people like Amadou were playing as well for the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was, uh, you could see, all, you could always see some teams that we played, they're one star man. Mm. I mean, way back in the, the first, the first kind of time I was at Barnet, I remember filming a game against QPR. And uh, this little player was coming on 60th minute. I mean, oh, he must be a proper, you know, proper youngin. And, um, 20 minutes later, he scored four goals. It was uh, Raheem Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he ain't done too bad since, has he? He hasn't done too bad, no. He's had a nice little bit of a career so far, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah nothing else. He then went to uh, to, to Liverpool. Mm. He moved as a, as a youngster. So it's, you know, the, the Hive has graced grace some good names there, I must say. <laughs> yeah. So when we got promoted, you went to under 21 development coach, was that? Right yeah. at that point, then. So was that the same players? Basically, we're now too old for 18s, and then the next transition before the first team was was going to be sort of you, the bridge in between. Yeah. So um, I think we took nine nine lads out of that group through. Yeah. So, uh, Harry Taylor, Tamil Roach, Brian Gondo, um, Joe Gayer, Charlie Kennedy, Shane. And then Matty Stevens is still eligible to play for youth team. Yeah. And Jack Taylor would have been youth team still eligible as well. Yeah. But they kind of stepped up with us anyway. Yeah. Um, and then I'd, you know, the gaffer would lead me to, to bring in a couple of new players to see if we could find any young talent to, to go in that group as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, so the, the group was small to train, so you could work on a lot more individual stuff. There was a lot yeah. more physical stuff that we put into them, you know, to, to get them ready for, for the gaffer, you know. And, you know, he, he played them. You know, he played. He played Harry. He played Fumi. I think Fumi's yeah. was against Hartlepool, wasn't it that year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Un- unbelievable goal. Um, so he, you know, I'd get in early, be with the gaffer, meeting what players he had for his training. I'd take my group. He'd, he'd send some down to me. You know, so I'd, I'd have a lot of his group in there at times, um, and we just worked together. You know, then it was I was then liaison with Henry out for a year and Dean. Because I might bring some of the, the under 18s up with me as well. Yeah. So it kind of all worked in a, in a really good way, and um, you know it was uh, it was a, it was a good year. You know I think the the, the 23s learned a lot that year because they had to they had to understand that they weren't going to go into the team, team straight away. They had to work so hard. Yeah. To, to get their opportunity, um, there was going to be opportunity there. Now some players just just look for excuses sometimes. Um, you know, why is he not picking me? I'm, you know, every player, like I said, has egos and you know, I'm betting him. Why, why is he playing? I'm not all, you know, sometimes a player has done a good six or seven years <laughs> at first team level and they've earned their career there. You know, you're, yeah. you're at the start of your journey. So, you know, 
work harder. <laughs> At the end of the day, and yeah, some did, some didn't. Uh, Justin Amaluza, he, yeah. he's, he's one in that group as well, which, you know, we brought through from under ratings to 23s. Um, and they had to work hard and they had to work even harder in front of the gaffer. But, you know, he was going to give them opportunity and, you know, we, we'd, we'd mix the sessions up. There'd be at least once a week that we'd all train together. Yeah. Other times, you know, we, we wouldn't. We'd be separate. And then there's, you know, a kind of the kind of role was sometimes I'd be with the first team, definitely on the home games. Sometimes I travel away. I wouldn't really do the overnighters. There's no need for me to do that. Um, if they weren't in the first team, they'd be on Saturday to train with me, or we'd find them alone. And that's when that's when Harry really kicked on. Harry went on loan to Hampton Richmond, I think it was. Yeah, it's where a lot of a lot of them have gone, haven't they? Yeah, over the years. Yeah. So I knew Douse really well. Yeah. And I know I worked with Ian Dye, who's his assistant in America together. Yeah. So um Douse would always say, What players you I said, Well, I've got this lad. He's he'll he'll do he'll run through brick walls for you. And the gaffer said, you know, let's let's get him on loan. So, you know, send the Douse and Dow and Douse wanted to keep him longer. <laughs> mm. He wanted to after, I think I don't know how long he went out. Harry went out and loan for maybe initially it was for one month, and then I think he stayed for another month or two. I think. Yeah. Like it was just to get the minutes, and he goes. He's he's shown one. His attitude's been spot on, but he can play. He was going box to box in midfield. He could sit in if he wanted, um, and he really kicked on. And um, I think he came back. And what scary what it was the assistant manager at the time with the gaffer because I think Wits had gone uh, to Puerto Rico to be manager. So Wads stepped in and um, Wads loved him, Gaff loved him and they, they, they played him at Wickham, didn't they? Wickham Wonders. Mm. And he was superb. Absolutely superb. And I remember us winning, I think it was 2-0 that game. I think it was uh, John John O'Kinde scored and did Marrow get the other one? Pass. <laughs> it's, a it's, funny. Game, it's funny, all around that time, which was just after we got promoted and the time actually you were in charge and, and all of that. I didn't see a lot of football then because I was a secretary at a step six club. So okay. Saturdays were out for me. Tuesdays was the night we played as well. So unless we'd like gone out all the cups in like the first round or whatever, Buckley's chance against the hive. So I actually missed pretty much the whole like section for you after, you know, around that bit. So um, I didn't really see very, I think even when, even when Mark McGee came in, which we'll get to in a, in a bit, I don't think I even saw that many games in. It wasn't until I think Graham Wesley came in and then Martin came back in again. I actually managed to see a bit more because I'd um I think I'd given it up by then. So um yeah, yeah so I'm, I missed quite a bit. So Martin then goes to Eastley, um, yeah. which some people said. I mean, I spoke to Martin last year um, for about three hours, so we went through quite a bit and obviously you know when you read it at the time you just see one thing you know Martin's Martin's gone because he's you know um he's been made a better offer it's all about the pound notes which people have said all the way through his career every time he's left Barnet that's you know why he's gone um and obviously when you speak to him you know completely different the life of a football manager you know different to a player it's a short career you've got to make the most money where you can but did you see it coming because I know there was a lot of supporters around the time that were getting a bit frustrated with the football because it wasn't quite as good as what we had the year before when we got promoted so do you think it was kind of a I don't know almost the right 
split for for him and the club? No, I, I, one, I didn't see it coming at all. I, I woke up that morning and um, the gaffer actually ran me that morning, to be fair to him. Yeah. I think, if, you know, if, if, if we look on it, I think the, the first thing were nine unbeaten. But, yeah, we're just, we're just outside the playoffs, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. People can go, oh, football's not the greatest to watch now, but <laughs> anyone who loves football, the best feeling in football is winning. Yeah, you want to see it, and you the best thing seen is a team win. You know, let's let's not beat around the bush of that. Yeah. Um, and Martin is a champion. Yeah, you know, promotions. He's got he's got promotions, and um, you know the the things I learned off him were unbelievable. Like the way he set a team up to get results, the methods he'd use, and some are mad, some are mad, but there is methods to the madness, and. Um, you know, he does it in a simplistic way, which people will think he's mad, but he's actually done it the correct way, mm. but not used loads of, I don't know, big words and crap like that, you know? So set plays, attacking and defending set plays. I've, I've never seen anyone do it better, in my opinion, to set up a team up to defend to defend um, a corner or a free kick. And then some of these attacking ones that he's... He's had throughout years as a player and also now as a manager. Mm. Were brilliant, um, but uh, I, did, I didn't see it coming. That morning, I got off work as usual. Was getting in, and the gaffer rang. Said, "You know, I'm, I'm off. I'm off to Eastley." But he did ask if I want to go with him. Oh right, um, yeah, yeah. And, but... um, the the money for me would have been great. Yeah, like probably probably three times more than I was on. Um, I don't get me wrong, I wasn't on loads at Barnet anyway. <laughs> Below 20 grand, let's, say, let's put it that way. Um, and and I was just secure in my role. You know, I, I didn't envisage, I didn't envisage what happened I don't know, four hours later. Yeah. Getting, you know, I got to the, uh, I got to the high that morning. I spoke to the, the gaffer on the phone at the time and I, I said, I, I said I'd think about it but I'd get back to him. And then I got in there and um, me and Henry get a call uh, from the chairman saying, can you come to the office? So I want you to take the, the team for the time being. I said, okay, no problem. Yeah. You know, H, H, yeah, no problem. And um, what, an, what a whirlwind first 10 days. Is, <laughs> I, I could, I can't, I still can't describe it now really, you know, because... The thing as well, like we had ten game, ten days to prepare for a game, yeah. where you'd normally because because we, we were at the FA FA Cup, yeah, we didn't have a fixture of the week, so we had another week after, then three or four days that week to to prepare. And I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. A good thing that we won anyway. Yeah, but um, the, the where where working the the day went quite quickly. It seemed to drag a bit more. Because um, there's so much you're thinking about all the time, and um, I don't know. It was one. It was getting the team ready, but then you also have players that wanted to go and Martin. So Togs, Togs, and Togs wanted to go and Martin. Um, and we were we were trying to trying to plan for the weekend, and we're thinking, well, Togs, Togs might go. So, and at the time, we we had no fit right back at the time. I think Gavin was out yeah. with an injury. Yeah. We had no one else, and we, we were going to actually play Togs at right back. 
and then we spoke to Togs and you know Togs wanted to go to Gaffer, which is understandable. You know, one one you know he's got the security of another two year deal because I think he was at the end of his deal that year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and he wanted to work with the Gaffer. You know, they trust each other, and I, I couldn't. You can't keep a player unhappy mm. about that. And but Togs is a great professional. Like even when he was he was there until the last the last day, worked hard, trained well, brilliant with all the players. And I still, still speak talks here and there now and then. Well, he's um, only just hung his boots up, hasn't he? A couple of weeks only ago. Only just, yeah. Yeah, only just 36, yeah. Was he still at Beaconsfield? Was that? Was uh, he yeah, with his brother. Yeah, with his brother, yeah. 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 Um, and, that's, and that's where we uh, kind of trapped in uh, Jack Taylor. Um, he was on loan, Hampton as well. He'd done really well on loan. And um, Dow actually said, can I have until the end of the season? And we just said, the Serie doesn't train him with us because they were they were training in the Evens. Yeah. And um, you could see he'd learned and matured even more. So let's let's throw him at right back. And I think that I think the starting lineup for Yeovil was Jamie in goal. Yeah. Jack Taylor, Nels, Beera, Elliot. Jack Taylor or Harry? Harry, ha- uh, sorry, Jack Taylor at right back. Jack Taylor at right back. Jack Taylor. Okay. At right back. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't know where Harry was. I think he was even on the bench or he was injured that time. Yeah. Um, and I think midfield was Curtis and Champs. Yeah. Wide players was Gambo. Centre forward was definitely John and Efron in the hole we played. And right side, I can't remember now. Wasn't It wasn't Akpo. It was someone else. But anyway, the, the game was a smash and grab. Fucking hell, like. The amount of times that, <laughs> that Jamie Stevens kept in the game. Yeah. That day. Um, they hit the party, the post. Um, Champs had an unbelievable game at, at defensive midfield. But he came off injured that game. I think it was the 60th or 70th minute. And we moved, then moved Jack into midfield. Yeah. And then we brought Son Nelson at right back. I can't remember. And, and then Alex Nichols came in at, at right side and got the winner. And I think it was the 85th minute. Um, Muggs came on. And I think Muggs Mug started the, the goal where he had a throw on. It wasn't, it wasn't a long one either. It was Love a it. short one for Muggs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, lovely bit of play, I think, was uh, between Curtis and someone else. And Curtis slid, slid Nico in and great finish. And we won 1-0. And I just remember getting on the coach going, just sitting back and thinking, fucking hell, it's going to be like this every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Darren Ray was class after the game. You know, he, he he was gracious in defeat, but they should have won. Yeah. They, they should have got the three points, but the group and the culture that Martin created in that group was still there. Mm. Though Martin gone, the group was still there. And, you know, I look at um, the players, the senior players, especially in that, that, that group we had, Michael Nelson, what a captain. Fantastic, what, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Not just, not just his, the way he spoke and the, in, in the way he led, just, it's all round like Michael's the first one in every morning, quarter to nine, um, in the gym. And that's just as a player, as a coach, he's even earlier. <laughs> mm. um, Jamal Campbell Rice, who I still talk to now, and we get we get him really well. And you know, he's working at Stevens now as a, as a coach. Okay, yeah. In the academy, but um, unbelievable pro. Sorry, the right size of Mauro. How can I forget Mauro? Oh, Mauro, yeah. He's, he always appears everywhere. You can, you can go back about 
10 years to, to fit Mauro into a team. Yeah, yeah. And Mauro goes back right to the academy days. And he, he turned does, yeah. Aston Villa to stay with us. Yeah, I like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, like Jammer, Michael, Champs, another professional, brilliant professional. Um, and Curtis. Curtis too, like, they, they were the kind of the glue of that group. But, you know, the gaff always used to say, you know, I don't deal with the change room. They deal with it. Yeah. And one player that, you know, I never got, uh, was never fortunate enough to have in the team, but was unbelievable beyond the scenes, Michael Gash. Gash, man, yeah. And it was a shame that the injury didn't get renewed at the end of that year. Because um, I would love to have kept him on. Because he was like one uh, character in the dressing room, but you listen to him. When he spoke, you listen. And that's like all of them. But when Gashi spoke and that, he, no, yeah. he was he was great and it's unfortunate it was injury he had really but the club ain't done too well in the ACLs have they <laughs> not recently no not recently um, so you had joined with Henry for about two months um, and you know I would say within that the ship steady because the record was reasonable you know what you both did in that um, and then did something sort of was it was it because being a partnership with Henry that you had to share the decisions of what it didn't quite work at first team level, whereas academy and under 21 level, it's, you know, slightly different. Yeah, well, what happened was, I, I heard the other day there was, apparently it was rumoured that we were fighting, in-house fighting, um, me and Henry were, but that wasn't the case really. We 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 got on and we still get on now. Yeah. Um, the, the, the things we looked for is like, Clary, what, you know, what's happening? Are we just staying? We were never given a deadline or a timeline. Yeah. It was like, well, do we carry on then or do you want us? That's the thing. Um, and and I'm a big believer that, and, and Henry's as well, that at the end of the day, there should be probably one person that does make decisions because you can't, you can't, you know, as I say, there's only one captain in the ship, there's only one yeah. the choir. Yeah. Um, but what, what happened was it was just unfortunate where I think where we played Colchester today, I, I was ill Friday. Right. And I had, I had a bug, which I, you know, I wasn't going to come in and give it to the to the team. Yeah. And um, I think the chairman was Zamanar from the Mansfield defeat, 2-0 defeat. And um, and then you know, I got back on back to work, I think it was a Monday or the Tuesday after we'd lost against Colchester. And, and H had gone. Had gone, and um, the chairman wanted to bring in, bring in, bring in another, another person, which was Nuge in the end. Um, and he said, "Can you can you take the the Morecambe game?" So okay, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll get him ready. I think we we must have trained on the Monday. I went to Morecambe on the Tuesday night and won one 0 I think it was. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then then Nuge coming. Nuge, Nuge just lined up to coming up that day after. So I think he'd agreed the right. deal. Yeah. That night of the the Morgan game, I actually travelled up to watch us as well. Okay. Um, but I mean, the, the the regret I have back then is I wish I enjoyed that time a bit more. Yeah. I was, I mean, we were so focused on doing well and making sure the team carries on the run or, or gets in that playoffs. So, and I think we did at one point. I think it was all in away, wasn't it? We won three one. Yeah, we yeah we just dipped in, didn't we? And then after that, it went. I say it went a bit peak Tommy. It didn't didn't quite recover, did it? Um, clear something up for me though, because around that point as well, there were so many rumours about Kenny Jacket 
that basically Nugent had come in almost uh, kind of a bit like the situation we've got now under Simon Bassey, where from what Tony alluded to in the in the in the podcast he, he did and you know in statements and that that someone will come in above Simon, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But it seemed to be similar around that time that the Kenny Jacket, Kevin Nugent, because they'd worked together before, there was a lot of, you know, Kenny couldn't take it because I think, I'm not sure if similar to a couple of other managers at the moment, they're under some sort of contract embargo that stops them managing another, you know, National League side at this moment. But that's what it all, that's what was always going around. And then when we got through to the end of that bit as well, and Kenny didn't materialise, no one seems to be able to say, yeah, it was a possibility or no, it was never on the cards. Yeah, I mean, we heard the rumours a lot, but we yeah. never knew. We we were we were kind of kept in the dark of what 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 the chairman was thinking at the time, you know. And I guess we wanted a bit of clarity, like, well, what's happening then? Yeah. Do you want us to carry on? Because the team the team at the time was doing okay. I think we won we won five, lost five, and drew a couple. I think it was. Uh, drew- yeah, that's what you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we because we were a little bit well. What happens to us? Saying you want yeah. what happens to us, you know, and I know we would probably would have gone back to our, our jobs, but you still want to, you still want some clarity or some some time definition to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you if it was Kenny Jacket. I, 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 you know, then the chairman, the chairman will make his own decisions, and you know, it's his club and it's his money. Then day, so mm. it was one of the ones where I'm I'm just in the dark as you if it, if it was true or not. Yeah. <laughs> And then, but under Kevin, it seemed to just fall apart. Um, you know, I don't quite know. Well, I say I don't quite know why. I went to Blackpool when we played up there um, and we played them off the park. We should have come over the 2-1 victory and then we conceded in the 90, 95th minute. Um, but I don't know, it just for some, it, it didn't work. But was there, what's the word? Not Not resentment from the players, but maybe a little bit of, Unease from the players because of it had been, you know, a kind of traumatic period between when Martin went and then Kevin comes in and don't know, did they just not quite respond to what he was asking? I don't know what it is really. I mean, Nuja's great, by the way. Nuge's yeah, I've heard he's a really good coach, very good coach, great coach and, and a really good person as well at the same time. I just yeah, sometimes you get a bit of luck and sometimes you don't. Right, and I've experienced a bit of. I've always been no luck the second uh, when I was made permanent, but you know the, the players were were playing for him. They 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 worked hard in training, and you know it was just you look at some of their some of the goals we conceded. You know the Blackpool one in the ninth minute, that ninth yeah. minute. Um, was it the Portsmouth equaliser with Connor Chapman that unbelievable worldly strike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you if you win that game, that it's all about momentum sometimes. You get yeah. one, it just carries on and carries on. Where sometimes if you get a sucker punch like that, it, that, that can then have an impact on it. Um, so it's one of the ones where it, it's just about unlucky at the end of the day because there wasn't a lot that changed. He, you know, he was tried to, of course, embed his his uh, ideas and philosophy, but yeah, there wasn't loads that changed. The biggest thing for that that period from Christmas to dinner season, there's a lot of players there. We signed players, not many left. Well, some left, but not many left. So you also got to keep them all happy. And everyone was happy, but 
that most happiest players the eleven that play every Saturday or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the, the, all the players gave absolutely everything, and it was just unfortunate it didn't work out. And then, and and I think like the last four games, I think it was. That's right, you did. Yep. Yeah. yeah, last four. Yeah. The, the the Wickham game, I think, was the first one, and I think we were robbed that day. Absolutely robbed from a penalty from Gary Thompson. Like, um, and then it was a wonder strike from I think Sam Saunders as well from. That just just went over Jamie, but um, then we got back on, into winning ways. I think we went to Hartlepool and won two nil. A good performance and uh, Greensby at home with the uh, the Mexican band. I remember going around the stadium, <laughs> um, and then we lost away to Crew on the last day. And wow, <laughs> we just didn't um, we just didn't perform that day. But it's crap because you you want to you want to kind of finish on a high. You know, yeah. after you know, it was highs in that season where you'd get into the playoffs and you're thinking, you know, we could we could kick on again this club. We could we could get in sneak in a little bit. Um and it just wasn't wasn't to be and I think we just had a strong a strong finish in mid table in the end. Yeah, yeah, it was in the end, yeah. But could have been could have been playoffs, could have been exactly where we were. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. But then, there was some, I remember some good performances. I think um I think we played Cheltenham on Boxing Day, I think it was away. I think we must have won. I think it was two one or your three one, and um, that's when Muggs threw the the ball out there at the stadium, didn't he? Oh yeah, everyone's talked about that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was um, it was kind of playing because we had Carlo, his his dad is the goalkeeping coach still. Yeah, and he just said to um, I think he shouted. He was called Jude, Jude Sterling, basically. Yeah, yeah. So when you shout Jude, that means Sam throw the throw the ball out the ground, and he just said, "Yeah, I'll do it." Kill time. Um, and we need we need much because at Cheltenham there's a little bit of a slope there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, when you're yeah. going up, yeah. we need that ball to get out. But again, you know, Gaffer coming for Mugs because he wanted for Eastleigh, and we had to kind of let Mugs go again in the end. Um, and Carlo eventually followed him as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, again that 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 second part of the season. Like, I, I still can't get mid round in that because. I was 30 years old at the time. It was, you know, I was young and I was very much in just developing players at the time. You had the 23s at the 18s and that was a new thing for me. I've always wanted to win, but I, that's the first time I really understand that you are playing for points on a Saturday. Mm. You know, you you know, the fan, I mean, I remember... <laughs> I remember saying on the, the the media in the Luton game when we lost 3-1 on, I think it was the day before Boxing Day or the day before New Year's Day. Mm. I said, we can't sit around and cry about it. And I remember getting abuse from, from Loudmouth on his vlog. <laughs> saying, don't cry about it, we're fucking shit. <laughs> uh, but he, he's right. He was right, you know. He's not right of everything, but he's right on that. Um, yeah. And uh, that's where we made the signs, you know. Ricardo Santos came in. Um, yeah, Simeon. Yeah. Um, who else? We Dave Titonda. Yeah. Um, There's one more. I think was a was a four was a five. It was I'm trying to think. Luke Coulson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, obviously he didn't stay long, did he? And then off he went again. Yeah. Um, it was, and, and Dan Sweeney came in as well. Cool swings. Yeah. 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 Um, but again, you know, you 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 try and get it around being a being a first team manager, but you're also a transfer window as well. 
and the, the chairman wants to kick on. So, you know, I'm going to bed at night and I'm waking up to text saying, I'm trying to sign a player. <laughs> what do you want to do? Well, I've done it. <laughs> you know, you, you, you see the time you set, it's one or two in the morning. You have a fucking laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking knackered. I want to get some sleep. Yeah, because you've got and training the, in the morning as well, most likely. And the gaffer used to always say, get your sleep. Make yeah. sure you're, you're, you're fresh. Um, and there's a massive learning curve for me because it was making sure you start to delegate more stuff to certain people. Because um, when I was with the 23s, I was, I was on my own. So I was just the coach, but I'd do their analysis for them, like clip, clip footage, I'd be in the gym with them. You know, sometimes Costas would be there, but Costas had his academy rock to deal with as well. Yeah. So it was like little things like that. You're, you're doing all yourself and then suddenly got when you go into the mat, you've got to trust staff and you've got to work more. Um, so in, in my thing, I probably worked in isolation a bit too much as a 23. It was put a, a massive development thing for me there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, getting the football out of my head at times, where, where I was at home or out with my friends or whatever, that was hard. I remember mm. uh, we, me and my friends, my best friends at school, we, um, we always go out for a curry on I think it's uh, either Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve. Yeah. And it's, and I was quite quiet and they're like, you're right. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm right. Because, well, you're not normally this quiet on a Christmas meal because you normally sink yeah. and, 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 and out a little bit. And uh, I said, I've got fucking Stevenage fucking coming up. <laughs> and I don't want to lose that one. And fucking we lost that one, didn't we? So, <laughs> and, and, you know, you don't want to lose them fuckers up the road, do you, really? Um, no. So yeah, it was like people saw a massive shift, shift in me in terms of my, not my personality, but where I was at the time. Yeah. During that time, I was, I'd gone through a lot of trauma. I won't go into detail, but there was a lot of trauma I was going through at the time. And, um, you know, that lasted for, for a good year from the period probably interim to up to the end of the permanent spell and probably a little bit longer after that. Um, there was a lot of my on my head at the time, which it, it don't bode well for management <laughs> or football management as it is. And, you know, I've, I've, you, know you see, you see stuff out, out of your depth and stuff like that, but people can also see just 90 minutes of isolation on a Saturday. Mm. People don't see everything that goes on around the scenes in, inside the building, out of the building. And then, yeah, it was a, it was also a difficult period at the time a little bit as well. Yeah. So then Tony offers you the job, the main job, full-time. Did you sort of think, right, I've got a chance here. It might not come round again. Um, it might come round again, but a different club. But I've been here for nine years. Do you think, well, you know, I've worked that long. I've deserved it. You know, I'm I'm giving it a shot, whatever happens. Pretty much, yeah. I did um and R. I really did um and R. Because I did, I, after the first spell, I think, is that me? Yeah. Is that is that am I one? Am I good enough to do it? And but is that me? Can I can I can I be that person? Um, but then it's also uh, kind of a lifetime opportunity, a little bit, isn't it? Mm. You ask any Barnet fan, would you ever want to be a manager? Um, I don't know. I've spoken to Darren. I've spoken to Martin. I've spoken to Gratz. I've spoken to Gary Phillips. You know, pro- probably pretty much my answer would be no because I know that some of the stuff that they've gone through and everything, and I know it's not representative of every club or every job you do. But um, 
No, I'd, I'd rather sit here on the microphone and just speak to you guys afterwards. It's so much easier. Um, <laughs> did you also think as well that when you looked at the squad, what you've got, um, and I think I think Von Bright, Shaq came in that summer, and Dave Tarpy as well, um, on top of what you'd already got, did you sort of look at it and think, do you know what? I've got a playoff team here, if not maybe slightly better than that? Yeah, I mean... Or, or Craig Ross as well in goal, sorry, just to yeah him in the mix. You, you look at... Um... You know, you call it the sum of the parts. The sum of the parts are excellent. Mm. The sum of the and, and you look going, you know, there's goals here. There's there's defence. There's midfielders. You got the young lads come through. Jack Taylor's now emerged as a as a player. Yeah. Where's it starting to kick on? Efron. Efron as well. You know, um, Fumi to some yeah. extent is dipping in and out. So you go, yeah. and do you know what? There's there's talent. The, 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 again, the big thing is there was too many players. Yeah. Too many players in the building. And I was told, send me which ones you want. I'll I'll move their ones on that we might need might might need need to move on. Okay. Yeah. Um not always the case. <laughs> um and then some you miss out on as well. You know, there's some players there that you know we missed out on. Um I was on holiday at the time and James Alabi was in for his medical. Doing right, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's my second last day of the holiday, and uh, I get a call. It's uh, it's not been done. He's gone. So what do you mean he's gone? He's always they, the agent in me walked out, and I don't know what happened there. Still this day, I don't know what happened there. But you, I'm going. <laughs> You're. <Yeah. a> fan. <laughs> I wouldn't. You know, I I've, I've got to say that that wouldn't surprise me on some of the other things I've heard with. Um, whatnot and players coming in and then uh, you know the next the next day no one's coming in yeah um, and they pitch up somewhere else so yeah that 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 wouldn't surprise me um, Hiram yeah. Hiram Bertang was one yeah changed the game for Exeter against us that night yeah um, Marcus Bean uh, one I wanted in to yeah you know I thought oh you've been excellent addition at midfield yeah um, who else is there there's a couple more. I can't read really, off the top of my head. I can't remember. But um, you know, I looked at him. Play, Brindley came in. Was oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Richard, brilliant, brilliant, I mean, right, right. We'll probably go on to injuries in a bit, but I'm looking, going. Do you know what? I, and 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 Shaq, Brindley, uh, Tarps. Who uh, else is there? Did Ricardo have some injury problems that year as well? Who? Sorry, Ricardo have some injury problems that year as well. A little bit, but not. It was a little bit of an ankle problem towards the end of the season. So we said well, that's why we rested in the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, but I knew he was going to come in and be the main man. I like did when he first came in. He was yeah, quality. Just, yeah. Just relax after pre-season, keep fit, but be ready for to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd really looked at properly at Shaq, Brindley, um, Craig Ross. Yeah. Um, Tarps, you know. They could benefit the team. They're gonna, mm. gonna shut something. Yeah, yeah. Shaq played against against us uh, for Mansfield under Steve Evans. Yeah, and he bullied us that day. And it was funny because he came in. He came in um, the week before the last game of preseason. So he missed all preseason. We we're trying to get the deal done with Peter, but it was it was complicated at the time. But we got the deal done, and um, he didn't really hit the ground running when he first came in. Mm. 
he missed a lot. He, you know, but Shaq wasn't fit. He had no pre-season at Peterborough. He was training by himself. So, uh, and you know, fair play to him. He, 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 I think he scored against Wimbledon in the Carabao Cup. No, not Carabao Cup. The Checker Trade Trophy. Yeah. And then he just went on this kind of run. Um, but I said to him, I said, "You, you come here to play, and I'm going to play you." And um, you know, if you think I'm going to drop you, no, you, if you, I'll play you until you keep scoring. And um, he just. He was great to coach Shaq. Great kid. Lovely, lovely kid. Yeah, if you, if you have um, said that about him. No, no I, and I think he'll kick on again. Uh, you know, sometimes players have a little dip, but they, then they kick on. He's a lot going on. Mm. Um, Dave Tarpey. So, so, Tarp, so Tarps was done on deadline day. Yeah. Uh, if anyone thinks deadline day is easy, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> Jesus, so... We, I get a phone call for Lee Cook, who's his agent. Oh, yeah, he used to play for Barnet, yeah. 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 And it was on deadline day night. Mm-hmm. He's gone, what do you think of Dave Tarpey? I said, oh, he's a good player. Fucking scored <laughs> one, didn't he? Yeah. I said, but he's, he's gone to Coventry. And he went, no, no, he don't want to go there. I said, well, what do you think? I said, well, I like him. Is he available? So I saw the chairman and... Um, he rang, I think he rang Alan Demager that night. Yeah. So said, can we speak to Dave Tarpey? Can you give us permission? Can we, we agree a fee? Can we agree a fee now? And fair play, Chairman. Chairman did it straight away. Bang. Yeah. And um, he came in that night for his medical. And um, the paperwork was taking ages to get through and stuff like that. And we pressed send. I think it was 10.59, 45 seconds. <laughs> And the thing is, uh, we had Swindon two de- uh, a day later, didn't we? Yeah. So the deadline day was on the, on the Thursday. We had the Friday session and the game on the Saturday. And um, confirmation had come through. So right. he trained on the Friday, still nothing through. So I thought, I ain't going to tell him. So he's starting up front with Shaq. Yeah. So we did all the match prep, not knowing that he's, you know, he's still been registered. Yeah. And... Um, we leave for Swindon that morning and it still hadn't been done. It still, it still ain't got nothing through. And John Muir, the club secretary at the time, was... Um, You're still there, John, yeah. Yeah, I was saying, what the fuck's that? He's starting. <laughs> and as we had pulled up to Swindon, John texts me, all through, all fine. That was tight. Yeah, but the thing is, though, that night, it was so much going on that we were trying to get through our side of the line. Yeah. But... Because Bohemians only trained twice a week and their board was only in once a month. Right. They all had to be in the room. Yeah. To agree it. <laughs> and that was a fucking nightmare. Um, who else was there? Sim was off to, to Lincoln. Yeah. So you want to go and work with Danny and, and, and Danny um, Cowell again. Nicky again, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I couldn't couldn't begrudge that. Sim, Sim was first class all the way through it. And I know there was reports of we trained with the reserves and 23s, but it was to let Tim get his head around everything because it was, you know, he was hard with something going there. But yeah. you had to kind of let him evolve a bit. And, and that's when, you know, we, we came back into the, the first team, Golden. You know, brilliant. Yeah, really yeah, good. Exactly. So he's, uh, you know, that Tarps one was, you know, he come and play, started Swindon, come on, he played for, I think, 60, 69 minutes, I think, and he, and he hit the bar that night. Yeah. 
And then Cambridge, the next game, he goes, goes up the head of a Leon Lake and lands. It just lands on it funny and seven minutes in, that was it. And, you know, you look back at the start of the season, we played Luton at home the first game and Elliot does his ACL. Harry goes off with, I think, a, a, a cut face, but he needs stitches. And that's one game where we lost both our wing-backs. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, it's one of these weeks. Um, but we get the 1-0 win. Um, you know, if I've cast, cast back a year when, when we signed Ricardo Santos, so we signed Ricardo Santos, I think it was about 100 grand. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's a big fee, big fee at the time. 50 grand up front, that's what it was. And it was a fit on the appearance, I think it was. And um, yeah. we're... Uh, we're getting ready for the, the game. The boys going for all up and Andrew Eddie comes in. What have you done? You've you've persuaded him to spend hundred thousand pounds on a centre back. Is he that good? <laughs> I said, yeah, Andrew, he is. And we win the one 0 against Plymouth for Maris header. Yeah, and then he pops. Ricardo pops up with two goals against all eight and Orient in the three one win the game after. Yeah, I remember? Yeah. And I'm not going to knock on Andrew's door like we like Andrew. Told you. <laughs> But it's really interesting because we um, we were looking at Ricardo, but we were also looking at Semi Ajayi, who now plays at West Brom. Okay. Semi Ajayi was on six grand, six grand a week at the yeah. time, and um, there was no way we were going to get down. We could maybe got him on loan, but I think the loan money would have been silly as well. We weren't going to pay that. And Ricardo wasn't really in favour of Peter Brown's. Mm, that's right, yeah. We, we looked at when we looked at his performances and we looked at also some of the data that was coming out on, on Ricardo, and it was a no-brainer. And the age he was, I think he was 21 when we got him. Mm. And um, I'm so, so pleased to see this year that he's at... I was going to say, yeah, yeah, what he's done at Bolton this year has been absolutely, but, you know, phenomenal. It shows that actually if he'd have, if, we, if he'd have kept him fit over the last couple of years as well, um, yeah. you know, we might have had a different story, you know, out, out of that. But yeah, he's a tremendous, tremendously good player. Tremendously yeah, good. Very and, and lovely boy as well. Lovely boy. Yeah, I think, well, I think seeing this this week as well, all the messages on Twitter from all the players mm-hmm. that he played with at Barney, um, you know, just goes to show, you know, what kind of, um, you know, player they thought he was as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really nice thing to see them lads that have gone on to do well. Mm. Like they get the moves, you know, like they went to Bristol, uh, Bristol Rovers. Yeah, he's had a brilliant season as well. Yeah, Sim, Sim went to Southend. Unfortunately, they, you know, they've got relegated, but you know, he's he's made a move as well. Jack's flying. Jack's yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been listening to I listen to um, Darren McCann's and his podcast every week. Obviously, the you know the uh, posh owner, um, yeah. you know, and the times they've missed. You know, I think when he was out of his hamstring and that they, you know, although they, although they won games and everything. Um, he does crow about Jack quite a lot, and yeah. obviously Ronnie Edwards went there in the summer, played at the weekend. Um, you yeah. know, he talks up big things for him as well. So, so Ron, Ronnie was like that under nine. Ronnie was, was good. yeah, yeah. I mean, Darren spoke highly of him last year. Um, yeah. You know, said absolute, you know, absolute brilliant player for sixteen. He really is. It was funny because um, uh, my, my pal Mickey Bill, who's Rangers assistant, uh, first team coach under Stephen Gerrard. And um, he come down to watch some of our training because he, he was at Liverpool at the time. Mickey was as kind of head of coaching, but also I think he was 16's coach. But because he, he knew us, he used to come down and visit us because he's from London. Yeah. 
And he come down one Sunday and Ronnie was under nine, I think, at the time. And um, Ronnie's picked up the ball from, he's playing as defender, he's picked up the ball from the back in the 6v6 and he's he's had one touch and just smashed in the top top corner. And then the, the ball's been played from kickoff again. He's gone and smashed the defender and that. And Mickey Bill's gone, that's JT, that is all over. Because Mickey was at Chelsea in the academy for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, that's John Terry, that is. <laughs> I said, Mickey, he's all right. And he went, yeah, yeah, I like him. I like him. And it's so good to see him, him doing really well. Yeah. Um, but from a good family as well. His, his younger brother is very good as well, Frankie. Okay. Um, and Ronnie's dad is absolutely massive. Is he? Like he's, Lee must be six foot six. Yeah, so it's, um, it's good to see Ron doing well. Um, I'm really pleased with that. Um, i trying to think who else might have moved on. Uh... Sweeney's went to Forest Green. Yeah, but Bowles had a good season so far as well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, done very well, yeah. yeah. Um, Shay Alexander done well at um, IFC Wimbledon. Yeah, so Shay, Shay, was, Shay was on my radar before we got Brindley. Yeah. Um, and we did put a bid in for Shay, but it got knocked back. Um, and I thought, well, you know, end of the day, let's, let's see what else is out there. And that's when, fun enough, Richard Brindley had been released. Yeah. We're thinking, fucking hell, he's, you know, if you, if we had this, we had this platform I, I used called, I think it was called Statview at the time, and um, Richard Brindley came up in, in, in top on all the data in terms of 1v1 defending everything. And um, then I went through all his, his clips and stuff like that as well. And, you know, there was, there was one game he played against Doncaster where he traveled the ball, delivered the, delivered the cross, the goalie then picked it and threw it back. And he got back from the halfway line and saved the goal-scoring chance on the, on, on the goal line. And that was it. And I said, we need, let's get this deal done. It was, and unfortunately, we never saw him until really towards the end because of his That's injury. That's right, because of his injury, yeah. So he played in the game against West Ham and he broke a bone at the bottom of his foot. Yeah. And it just wouldn't heal. It just it was, it was such an awkward place where... You can't just, plaster or anything really, can you? No. And you had to give it, just give it time, because um, he was a massive miss. And, and the way we, the way we wanted to play that year with the wing backs, you lose. He'd have been massive, wouldn't they? Yeah, you lose yeah. Brinkley, you lose Elliot, and like they were going to be your attacking outlets. I mean, Elliot start that season. He played so well pre-season. He was, yeah. He played Peterborough that year, uh, before that Luton injury, and he was excellent at Peterborough. And I kind of wanted Dave to Tonda. Of the left side centre half as a three with Ricardo on the right hand side with Nelson in the middle. So it was kind of them ones where you know the, the two two um, left and right defenders were happy to go into the channels. Yeah. And, and Nelson really marshaled that kind of that middle spot. Um, then you had the likes of, of Jack. I want to play Marrow midfield. Marrow Marrow played um, in midfield because he. He, he was like my philosophy, the philosophy I wanted not philosophy but the way I wanted to play he could move Mara, Mara runs that's the yeah. one of Mara's tricks he's athletic he can get about the pitch he can win tackles he can create he can jump he can jump mm. like people always go well you've got a six foot four player he's going win a header well Mara could win a header but that's yeah what, well I mean the, the goal he got in the in the you know in the championship game against Gateshead you know it just shows that you haven't got to be six foot something you know, score a goal with your head. No, and the, and the biggest thing for Mara was his character. 
Mm. He the heart he had to go and win a ball. Like, and you could you could go and tell Mara to do something, he'll do it. And um and he popped up with goals. He popped up with yeah. goals. I saw against Gay said he, he you know he scored that that game we won one 0 against Plymouth at home. Um he scored against Cambridge, I think, that day as well. Um so he he, he was an important player and he did a fantastic pro and I still keep in contact with old Mara now. He's been he, well at Dagenham. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully he's getting over his injuries as well. Yeah. So yeah. he's had a bit of a rough time with that. It was Shaq and it was going to be Shaq and John up front, but that didn't really happen. Um and I want Akindi, to make Akindi was injured as well, wasn't he? For a long yeah, time. I think, did he, I think he got injured in the Millwall preseason game, I think it was. Yeah. Or West Ham. Um and it what it turned out to be was again another knee injury that just didn't heal. And uh, you know, looking back at it now, he played he got back out of that injury and he played, I think, 20 minutes or 15 minutes against Exeter at home. And then he played Carlo, he injured his hamstring. I think, you know, I can look, I can look back and did I, did I bring him out too quickly? Hindsight, you'd probably go, yeah, maybe, but he played 20 minutes. I didn't, wasn't going to play, play him loads at Carlo, which I didn't, but it was a wet day up there. And I think as the ball got played through, his foot gave away a little bit. Yeah. In which it then pulled the hamstring. And it's one of the things where, you know, I was shit out of luck a little bit there of injuries at the time. Um, but I wanted him and Shaq to play together. Tarps as well. So it was competition because we're on with John. Everyone, all the, not, not pressure, but everyone thinks, uh, wants John to score every single game. They expect John to score every game and it can't always be down to John. No. The team that wins, it's not down to John. It's down to everyone. There's you can also share goals, which, you know, you look at Shaq, he could have got, I don't know how many got that season. 12 in the end, maybe? 10, 12? Yeah, it was quite, yeah, it was, it was into double figures, yeah. Yeah. And then you'd think Dave Tarpey would, would contribute. A, a chip few. in at least, yeah. He was a poacher. Then you had Poe probably chip in to five to eight. Yeah. Then you're thinking if John gets another 20 to 30, the goals are there. Yeah. Playing two up front as well. And, you know, it, just, it didn't work out in there. And, um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a part of me going, do you know what, after that Cambridge game, we, we've, we've, we've kind of done it here. We, we, we're getting in the right area I want to be. Yeah. yeah. We were still missing your wing backs, which were massive in that kind of formation I was playing. But then Mara could step into right, a right wing back. Yeah. Well, Harry, Harry also played there. Um, the big we weren't allowed loans. I wasn't allowed any loans. No, he was Tony's never been a huge lover of the loan system no. yet. This year we've had we've got six at the moment and we had six earlier in the season as well. But there we go. And I, and I do understand his reason, you know, that you, to you don't want to be developing other people's players. Yeah. Yeah. And I do get that. But sometimes was it was it just because of the size of the squad we had then? Although you probably had, I don't know, maybe as many as eight out injured, it was still a healthy squad size, which is why you went, no, you've got to deal with what you've got. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, you know, oh, you know, I can stand here, I made mistakes. Absolutely. You know, I, there's things I should have, should have done better um, in terms of players, players that weren't playing or in training, you know, I could put my hand on my head and said, at the time I thought it was the right thing to do. There's also stuff that goes on behind the scenes, which you, 
you try and take a, a stance with. Um, but they should have played as well. You know, they came back in a little bit later. Um, but it just di- it didn't it didn't work out in the end. It didn't work for this. There's those reasons there, but also I wasn't in the greatest of places mentally myself at the time. You know, like I said I've gone through quite a bit of trauma, going through quite a traumatic time at the time um, outside of the game, and um, I think it was. I think we played Yeovil and drew one-one in the last five minutes. I think it was, and then the Colchester game we we conceded from. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. The lad is now at Peterborough playing with Jack from Colchester. He scored an absolute belter in the last five minutes as well. Oh, so, I've, I've, I've probably heard his name from Darrow. I don't know how many times, but can't yeah. think what it is off the top of my head. But Sammy Samozics, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Oh, Samozics, yeah. Absolutely bent it top corner, and I'm going game over. That's it, done. Go, I, can't, I go home. Come in for Monday training. Travel from the Hive down to Bromley. Get to, get five minutes towards my house front door and um, get a text. Can you come and see me in the office, please? <laughs> I'm fucking... I'm home already. But yeah, I've made my way back up. So I made my way back to Bromley. And, uh, you know, Chairman wants to, wants to change things up a little bit. And, um, and you know, before we speak, that's done. Leave it. Finish. Just my my was gone. You know, at times in that in then f- few weeks, I couldn't see the wood from the trees. It was you know that, that going on. Teams teams not winning. I think it was thirteen games and they didn't win a game. And you're you're trying to do things right. You know the Atkinson game losing four one away from there. That that was hard. Um. And then losing or conceding goals, drawing goals in the last couple of minutes of games, you're going. Mm. Yeah, you know, it feels more like a loss than a draw because you're in that winning position for so long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I guess it is one of the things where was I at my depth? Possibly, possibly. But also, you know, I've done a lot of good things for the club as well. In some ways, where you know, I reflect back and I'm going, yeah, Jack Jack Taylor's in there in 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 the team you know he's contributing and and to be fair Paul Tisdale said to me uh, after the exit game when, when they won 2-1 the last minute he said uh, said he will lose you games at times he'll lose your points that kid mm. but he'll be your best player and you know he did it with Ampadu at Exeter and yeah. I won't say his name but the thing you get to penalties against Brentford for, for, for Brentford <laughs> God, you're as bad as Duncan, you are. <laughs> um, you know, he's renowned for putting young players in teams and them going on. So, mm. you know, you look at that in some ways, but... In, in, hinds- in hindsight, though, would you, looking back now, would you have done anything different? Would you maybe have tried, tried to change your formation, maybe go a little bit against your beliefs because you just didn't have the personnel available or maybe gone to Tony and said, look, I'm, you know, there's a struggle I've got outside of, outside of work. I need some help. What can you do? I went and saw him three weeks beforehand. Yeah. There was no conversation allowed. Okay. And that was it. Right. <laughs> um, 
and I'll probably say that much. But yeah, it was. I wanted to speak about stuff, the stuff I wasn't too happy with, but it was kind of dismissed straight away. And um, that, that's, I guess that's how the cookie crumbles with that. But listen, I look at hindsight and going, Joe, Daniel, Alex, Ryan, yeah, should have been back in the team earlier. You know, sometimes you, you're you've got to suck it up. Some you, you, I did things for a reason. You know, didn't they? I I had Jack in the team. I trusted Jack. Mm. Um, I I had Jack from a number of years, and I and I saw a future there with, with Jack. Um, if I if I play other players in a position, does that block Jack's pathway? Does that take that team? Yeah. You know? mm. There's things like that a little bit. Um, you know, fair play to Nels. He said, "What you know? Why don't you play Daniel at centre half?" And I wish I had, because he's a good player. Mm. He's a good player. There was other stuff that we had to get on better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, Alex scored goals, you know. So, yeah, you had to, you kind of look and go, do you know what? I made mistakes there and I'll put my hands up. No problem at all. But there's also non-negotiables as, as a, when, 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 when you want to try and manage. There's non-negotiables you can't sometimes go back on either as well. Yeah, yeah. It's not all about always on the pitch. Um, but, you know, you look back and I, I I learned, I've learned so much from that. Learned so much. And it took me a while to go over as well to, to how it ended and the kind of time of the club, how it that ended, because that wasn't, wasn't how I wanted to end the, the, the kind of nine years I've been there as well, you know. Um, but football is like that, I guess. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the part of the game. Yeah, it doesn't always quite go how you want it to, does it? No. So, then, so then Mark McGee comes in. So you then went to was it head of player development? Yeah, it was it was some or some type, Well, that's what it was titled on the on, on the website on your leaving bit. I saw anyway. Yeah, some type. I mean, fair play to Mark because you know after I left that meeting that night, he rang me a few times saying, "Come and work with me, come work with me," and I just had enough. Yeah, there was nothing to do, with Mark. And I still, you know, I've, I've seen Mark since. I've always said it wasn't nothing to do with you, Mark. It was just I, I was I was in a completely dark place. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. And um, I needed a break. And I think I got I got in on the weekend after, coached the under nines, and I went up to see my mate at Liverpool, Mickey Bill. I went out there for four days just to kind of get me in out at the hive. Yeah. I didn't really want to be around game days because, you know. Let's face it. Yeah, it wasn't quite you anymore, was it? No, it wasn't. And you know what? Yeah. There, you know, there, there was fans that were brilliant, like um, Mike and Steve Moe, fantastic. Darren, um, Gary, you know, some really reckless. I still get a text from Reckless now and then. Oh, yeah, bless him. Yeah, I've known him so many years. <laughs> yeah, they're brilliant. Reckless blames me from um, uh, for the Swindon win and then getting in late and having the, his missus having the umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they, you know, it was really fans were really supportive in that sense. But you know, when you can't see the wood from the trees, you, all you see is the negative, and um, that did play on my mind a lot. Mm. You know, the, the the Blackburn stuff. I'm on the FA FA Cup when we went to the Blackburn. I don't know what incident went went on with, with the fan and, and my dad. You know, it was agreed at the club to keep it all all in house. 
but it was then portrayed in a question and answer, which I'd agreed, we'd agreed it not. And, you know, that, that really, that really annoyed me a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mark come in and, you know, I, I went to head of performance. I worked with all the academy teams, tried to, try to see what kind of, because I, because I've been with the first team a few years now and, I didn't really, I didn't really know what was going on down, say, on the nines and what players were coming through. Yeah. So that's kind of where, like, so some of the youngsters have, have stepped up now, like um, James, James Callan, the, the, the goalie. James Callan, yeah. I think yeah. he was under 12 at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah young Jack Tompkins in there. Um, there, was a, there was a few that you're going, oh, he's all right. He's all right. They need time. And Donis. I don't, and already, Donis, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Mark, I think, I don't know how many games Mark had, but then Graham come in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny Sender was the 18s coach, step up. Yes. Yeah. In the threes. Well, we had no 18s coach, so I went, Do you know, I'll, I'll take the 18s to the end of the season then. Because my title, I had a title, but I didn't really have any job spec. Yeah. So I tried to do as much as possible, but to kind of be with the staff and that. Um, we, all, we had a head of coach called Lee Johnson, who was... Me and Lee are great friends now, but he's fantastic. He's a great coach. He was at Chelsea, was worked in Rwanda and India with Stephen Constantine. Another one who was always linked with the job. Yeah, Stephen was. Oh, yeah, Christ. The amount of times his name comes up. Yeah. He was head of coaching. So me and him took the 18s for 10 of the seasons. Yeah. Listen there. Um, who just remind me of Luke Gambin all the time when I watch him play. Um, little. Little midfield with low centre of gravity. Yeah. Um, who was it? That called Rio Connell. Um, I'm trying to think. Who was that? That called Benji, who came on. Oh, um, Ag- what was his name? It begins with an A, wasn't it? Agadino. That's it, yeah. yeah. Dwight Pascal was in there. The U yeah. team. Um, so quite a, quite a nice little. Martin Box was in there as well. Boxy was brilliant. Boxy yes, yeah. Yeah, I spoke to Martin a few times, yeah. Yeah, um, and it was for me. It's about having fun again with football. So I kind of went back to what I knew. Like um, we played a diamond with the 18s and kind of got them playing. We went away to Newport the last game of the season and we thumped them, absolutely thumped them, and played some great stuff. And it was kind of kind of get my love back for the game a bit. Um, but I know so so Graham came in for a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I never worked with him during his time in there. I, I stayed well away from it all. Um, and then Martin came back. He did, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> so I, you know, I saw it announced and I thought, I'm going to get myself in at seven because I know he'll ring me up. And um, I'm there pumping a few balls up and he, he pulled in in his uh, Silver Galaxy, Silver Four Galaxy. And he got Ross Grote in the office now. And um, so I've gone in and he's a, uh, he said, come and work with me. And I, I said to the gaffer, I can't. I said, I've got too much going on. I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't enjoy being here at the moment for loads of reasons there was. And he went, that's not, that's not a problem. He goes, just do the weekend game with me. He goes, watch crew, give me, give me your feedback on it. Um, sit behind the dugout for me and then just help me. And... Um, we got, I think we won one 0 didn't we? Against Crew. Uh, yes. I'm trying to think off the top of my head because I saw a lot. 
I saw a lot of games. Whenever Martin ever come back to the club, I was like, right, I'm going. Um, and, I, and, I, and I did. I can't try to think. The games I saw, my, I don't think I missed any of them when he came back at under uh, or the Hive anyway. Um, I think, yeah, we won 1-0 against Crew, And I just and he said, yeah, go here, Ian. So, you know, you got my blessing. Uh, he knew, he knew. And the, like I said, when, when I worked with the gaffer, was a 23s coach, he, he knew stuff. Um, personally, so he he was always supportive. Yeah, and um, he was good as gold. And I still went in for meetings every morning with him. He wanted to know what the youngster boys are doing, and um, he was great. He was brilliant. You know, I'll always uh, I'll always speak so highly of him. He's you know he's a friend of mine as well. So um, and yeah, I think he was the, the last game of the season, the Chesterfield game. Chesterfield, where, yeah. I said the gaffer because I, I saw the ball boys out for him as well. So the 18s were the ball boys on home games. So I always said, you know, if we're winning, get the ball boys, sit them over the side of the barrier. So I've slowed the game down as much as possible, turn the throw the ball away. Um, so I said, yeah, no problem, gaffer. I said, gaffer, if, if it doesn't go the way we want it to go, I said, I'm going to get myself out of the ground five minutes before the fans leave. You see, not a problem. So I was like, eighth minute, the game against Morecambe and Coventry yeah. weren't going to the way we wanted to go. And I got my stuff out of my locker and legged it down the bottom gate to get the get the train home. Because <laughs> so, I knew listen, I knew there'd be maybe some backlash possibly. Um, so yeah, and then you know I went away for the summer, um, had a holiday. But during that time leading up to the last game, I was giving me notice. Um, which I, it somehow went public I don't know um, and then I get a call in I think after the thing said we need to sort out your you know what, what staying on I want you to stay on well you've given my notice I'm, you know I've got a mortgage I've got a, a family not family but a wife and you're you know, you're playing my life a little bit you know what I mean and um, I had a job interview for Man City um, they asked me up there and um, they just found out about it and said you know if you if you go there I want conversation for you <laughs> and I was like oh you give them a notice mm. <laughs> you know and we can't um, so uh, so the kind of summer played out didn't get the job they gave it to Paul Hardley who was at Barnsley and then he went to Man City um, and then I got a call from my mate at Chelsea and he said, how are you? And so I was, I was actually in our beef at the time. DJ? No, no. <laughs> I was sitting on top of a hotel in a, uh, in, in the, it was his unbelievable hotel. It was at a, a rooftop pool. Oh, lovely. And I just sat there with, uh, I think Aperel Spritz at the time, some yeah. girly drink anyway. <laughs> and he said, listen, what, what are you doing? I said, well, I've had damn notice, but then he wants me to stay. So I don't know what I'll do, but I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not, I felt I hadn't been treated that great. I'm not, I'm not going to bad mouth the chairman, you know, one, he gave me the opportunity, he, you know, he, he employed me for so many years, but I felt there's certain things I need a bit more support on, if I'm honest. Um, and I think it probably wouldn't have been healthy for me to stick around the club. Going into National League, 
Um, and obviously Martin had said, well, Martin had decided that he was going anyway. Egon Chesfield, yeah, I saw that more than he just said I'm going. <laughs> um, and it was, what I think it, it was the right time. Yeah. And I went to Chelsea on just a, uh, a part-time basis. I went to coach the under-8s, which is great fun. All they want to do is dribble and beat players. Yeah, of course they do, um, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and do a bit of scouting for them. And it was, my mate knew, knew I was down. He said, come and get your love for the sport back because I'd lost it big time. You know, I was dejected. I wasn't happy how it worked out and um, kind of kicked on from there, really. But uh, it was it was one of the things that it had to happen. The things run their course on the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been there for so long. I was probably in danger of being institutionalised as well at the same time. But it can happen. It can happen, and and, and um, yeah. But you know, I look at my time now. It's unbelievable memories, and like probably a couple of years back, then, then memories for, were forgotten with with horrible memories more. But I look back at the people I worked at the football club with, to to the to, to the to the players I worked with, and the fans that supported me, and. And even the fans that didn't like me too much, you know, <laughs> I'll give a bit of banner back now on Twitter a little bit. Just... Well, that, yeah, yeah, that's the thing you can, can't you? When you're not attached to somewhere, you can, you know, be a little bit more open and, you know, sometimes explain things a little bit more, which just wouldn't have looked right if you'd have done it, you know, as a manager of a football club. But, no, um, you know, are you surprised with what has happened this season um, at Barnet for them to be where they are? Or do you sort of think that that, sort of whole period where we went through manager after manager after manager is just basically it's now got to the point where it's hit the bottom that the only way it can go is now well we literally can only go up because we're at the bottom but do you sort of think that sort of period has sort of like just been a downward spiral not through maybe so much not for anyone's fault but it's naturally you know come to the point it's you know it's whacked the bottom yeah I mean you look at it and it's not been one, I'm not a little. I'm not surprised now, not because if you look at it, say from the time mine left, still went through four managers that year. Yeah. The next year, another four. Yeah. This year, probably is it another four? Uh, we've gone through three this year. Three. Yeah. There's no consistency there. That's massively you, you, for to to be to be progressive and to be successful. I think you need consistency. You do need that. Um, I don't know if. This in day, the, it's the chairman's football club and it's his money he, he puts into it. And, and in theory, he can do what he wants. Um, and how he how he sees it to, to work. You know, I think he's got some great ideas. But I think he's sticking with it. He's sticking with it. You've got to stick with, if you're going to go one route, you go one route. And then you have to try and build on that, I guess. Um, I haven't really seen what's gone on this season really because <laughs> you're lucky then you're you know, lucky it's, it's, it's been a COVID it's been what sorry <laughs> um, it's, well, it's been a COVID year. Yeah. it's been a COVID year a little bit as well so you're gonna it's, it's hard for every football club you know playing without fans mm. the fans are the soul of the football club yeah yeah. I mean if I, if I go back to my my, my, my time at, at Barnet their Munderhill days were class mm. 
you know, watch because we used to play on the Saturday or, or 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 train and then go to the Tuesday night game. And I used to love the, the evening games on the Tuesday oh, the night. Lights, yeah, Hill. brilliant. Yeah, it was just a bet. Yeah, and um, one big memory is Edgar Edgar's debut against Northampton, and that place was bouncing. Um, another one was when Martin first come in um, and we drew was it 2-2 two, two with Chesterfield I Chesterfield think. we were 2-0 down it was an evening kickoff as well and do you know what actually yeah. funny funny you should say that we also had six loan signings that weekend as well and Jack yeah. Midson had to miss out because Martin brought in I think Sam Walker in goal uh, Jude Sterling yeah uh, did he, Sam Sam Deering I think Three. Yeah, he scored the equaliser. He scored the equaliser. Equalizer. Cracking goal that was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there were three already there as well. So yeah, Jack. Yeah. So it's not the first time we've had six loan signings either. So yeah, Jack missed out yeah. that day. But yeah, that was that was you know saying that anytime Martin's come back has been, you know, it's just it's something else. It's really bizarre how there's that connection between him and the club. But the um, the saying that the ironic thing is though is that anytime anything goes crap. The first thing people want is Martin to come back, but the problem is that we end up going around in the same circle all the time, and we get back to the top again. And it's cool for Martin, and that's in you know. I mean, I, I you know I love I love Martin. I sat down with him, you know, and, and and loved all his spells at the club. But the reason we go round in the same circle is because we always go back to him rather than try and progress, you know, and get the right person and move forward. Yeah, and I think it's having that plan and sticking to that plan and mm. understanding mm. that there will be bumps in the road. Yeah, but in the long term, there'll be there will be success if you're if you're big on that plan and you and you know that will will, will be sustainable. Because let's face it, the, the business model of the Hive is is correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just missing that soul. Yeah. That soul that Underhill had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. And that for me, it's nostalgic Underhill. You know, I've been brought up in Cheshire United, where not, I think it was a 91 92 season as a six year old. Me and my dad went to every home and away game. And we played, you know, teams like Bognor Regis, Sutton United, I think it was Brimsdown Rovers. But the where Cheshire played the Meadow in Buckinghamshire, yeah. there was, we went to uh, St Albans City on New Year's Day, I think it was, or Boxing Day. Two and a half thousand fans. It's an Oldham City that day. And um, that's when I think non-league was unbelievable at the time. Yeah. It was affordable to get in. It was Bovril, Burger, you know, Baywatch and TV at six. six <laughs> yeah. um, Gladiators, that kind yeah. of thing. Oh, those Saturday nights. Love it, yeah. Yeah. All right. that's, for me, that's like childhood, childhood memories of football mm. as well. And, um, you know, the, the Cheshire United team had... Andy Lomas in goal. Yes, know the name, yeah. There was a lad called Mickey Banton, Mark Dorber. Um, Mark Rosson played for us at one point. Did he? Towards the end of his career. Um, just it was an unbelievable team and they, and they got promoted to the conference but didn't have the, right, the, the ground. Ground grading, yeah. Yeah, they did have one turnstile that wasn't, wasn't enough. And I think Steenage might have gone up. Oh, instead. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but they won the league. I mean, they were they were flying people in on helicopters. The, the, the owner at the time had he was at MFI. He owned MFI. Oh, okay, yeah. 
So um, there was loads of money there, but a lot of the players coming from Wales as well. Um, oh. But uh, that, that kind of built my my love for football up, that non-league kind of thing. So yeah. when I went to Underhill, it it brought back so many memories as a kid because it was nostalgic. The, the Tuesday nights under the lights, the the smell of um, cigars and the bovril and it, that, that's football for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Lovely, great. And then, you know, there's only been a couple of games when you're going on, uh, to the high when you're going a gate's head win the league. Chesterfield. Um, yeah. Luton, when Luton used to come, they bring all the fans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was there. And I don't know, because on the hill, you just felt on top of it, everyone, as well. Where the hive is open and then that fucking wind that goes straight through it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, that takes sound, doesn't it? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Get, and that takes the sound away. So it's it's one of the ones where you're going, there's, there's a lot of good there, but there still needs to be certain things that you want you want to come there. Sort of, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's coming. Hopefully yeah, that's coming. I, right. You know, I, I know I don't work there no more and I still look after the results. I still, there's a lot of people there. Uh, I still see them to Mem. Mem. Mem's become a good yeah. friend of mine. And... Um, it's one of the ones where you wanna, you want the club to do well. I want the club to do well. My dad loved coming to games. You know, um, he was he was uh, he was there every week, home and away sometimes, which is which was nice for me. Yeah. Um, when I worked at Leeds, I took him to a Leeds United game. You know, because he's a Leeds fan, so I took him to Leeds v Tranmere. Um, I think it was Leeds in League One at the time when I worked there. So it's you know, it's, it's nice for me to do what the thing he did for me is a. As a father and son, for me to start doing, bringing yeah. together. Um, yeah. Any questions? Other questions, mate? No. Right. Well, not not if you want to stick on camera anyway. But thanks, Trevor, for another great interview. You can get Trevor on Twitter at trevk37, and if you'd like to follow Beespod on Twitter, then you can follow us at Beespod. Many thanks and see you next time and there'll be a season review hopefully soon coming up in the next week or two. Take care.